in a uh, committee that I'm a member of, sort of outside of work, yep. I was at one of the committee meetings once, and it was pretty clear one of the members of the committee were frustrated and annoyed. You know that, you know that, that sort of oh, behaviour people yeah. do at meetings, you yep. know, like where, oh. where they're making their displeasure really publicly known. And not so well, like not well off of choosing the right time to speak, no. but to make it <laughs> yes. physically, yeah. like, you know, physically had a few huffs and puffs. That's a good point because he wasn't waiting for, him for the appropriate time yes. to express it. Finally, when the appropriate time to express it came, he was very direct about his anger. And it became very obvious that it was directed at me, that Ooh. I'd been the one that had done the things that had offended him. And, but, but he did that thing that I love in meetings <laughs> where, where somebody directs, like, um, their face and, 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 the, and the stories at everyone in the room as though they're telling everyone in the room off, but everybody in the room knows who's really being told <laughs> off. You know, oh, that thing? yes. Yeah. Um, so he was doing that. And it was clearly directed at me, even though he barely gave me eye contact Ooh, while he did yep, it. And he yep. sort of told everybody how, how he'd been mistreated by me um, without using my name. Yep. And I knew it was – so, so, you know, a couple of sentences into his complaint, I, I realised it was about me. And I started writing down some things I wanted to say to, to respond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I did. And I sort of dealt, dealt through – like I had like six things I wanted to say in response. And I yep. went through them pretty calmly. And that, that was it. To me, that was the end of it. Yep. I, I actually was pleased that I had a response for each of the things he'd said. Yes. So the meeting continued on and, you know, that, to me, I felt like that was sort of over. Mm -hmm. um, but somebody pulled me aside at the end and go, are you okay? Like, you know, you, how did that go? Yep. I can't believe that happened. You're right. I was sort of like, what? What, what happened? Like, and, and it surprised me. And then two more people after the meeting called me to make mm. sure I was okay after yep. sort of what they'd seen was an incident. And I, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Like, no. I mean, he was obviously in a, in a mood <laughs> with me, but, you know, it was okay. Um, and so I came back to work the next day and I was yep. telling this story at work and one of our colleagues, friend of the podcast, Daniel, <laughs> said to me, you know why you weren't offended by that? Because that's what you're like in our meetings. You're like that oh, guy yep, in our yep, meetings. Yep, yep. So I've had to... Think significantly about my own behaviour in our meetings <laughs> because apparently I'm the guy that huffs and puffs and complains. I, and then, well, I wouldn't have picked the cue of that guy. That's, that's what I've been told because I'm when Daniel to said it, it the other people around didn't disagree with him. <laughs> they went, yeah, that's you. There's <laughs> probably maybe a moment or two, but I wouldn't have spoken to that guy. Unless I suppose you strongly disagree with it, maybe you start to fidget and look away, but I would have thought that you were that puffy, puffy guy. Okay, well, thank you. I really appreciate that. I, until that moment, nor did I, but I, no, I, I had to accept that perhaps I was. No, I, didn't, I don't think that's you at all in meetings. I said the huffy and puffy and ready to have a big rant, but yeah. It's interesting, though, that you've said that, yeah, said it felt like everyone else has seemed to just as an incident, yep. and obviously you've handled it quite well because if that was me, I think I just would have sat there and not been able to actively give a proper response from my, you know, from what I thought. That yep. it actually would have taken me, you know, that night to go, oh, this is what I yep. should have said back. So it sounds like you've actually, you know, been able to kind of clear it then and there rather than to to go off to another meeting. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think it's just. I think I've made enough mistakes in meetings <laughs> to, to, to learn my lesson. 
Thanks for joining us for the Teacher Learning Network podcast. The Teacher Learning Network is the not-for-profit professional development organisation supported by the Australian Education Union's Victorian branch and the Independent Education Union's Victoria Tasmania branch. We produce books, magazines and apps, as well as running face-to-face and online professional development for our member schools. I'm Max Farrock and with me today is Kate Chinner. And Kate, we're looking at meetings today, obviously. Yep. Um, I feel like in education... A large, a huge part of our life is dominated by meetings. So many meetings. <laughs> so we, we all we wanted to sort of bring it down a little bit and think about how we could make meetings better. Yep. So our big question for today is what's one rule that you'd enforce to make meetings better? Um, have you sat through a lot of those really horrible meetings yep. In, yep. in your life in education? Yeah, <laughs> and I think, you know, you kind of look at it particularly – um, in education and, and in the school, you know, you've got that same meeting every week or every mm. fortnight. So you go, right, tonight's staff meeting. Yep. Tomorrow night's um, a team meeting, you know, and so you kind of know exactly what meetings are coming. Mm-hmm. But it's just a, every week and generally they're the same and there's not much difference. And, and then sometimes you wonder with some of the things whether mm. does it need to happen then and there or could have that have been an email? Yeah. You know, does it? Yeah. So I think actually, you know, we've – which we'll talk about, I'm sure, very soon. We've tried to actually push out some of that stuff that could have been emails and talk other things, you know. But, yeah, it's – yeah, meetings are lots of fun, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> so you've, you've done our reading for this I week. I have done our reading. a very interesting article. <laughs> I have a very interesting article. I was quickly sharing um, – a little bit quickly with Max before, just about a few things. So I found a um, an article called How to Run a Meeting – and it's actually from the Harvard Business Review um, by Anthony Jay. So that sounds on the surface like a, a really <laughs> a legitimate really, source. Yeah, a what's really the, legitimate source. What's the interesting part of this? <laughs> well, what's the, I didn't realise the interesting part to start with. I just kind of went, oh, yep, had Harvard Business Review, <laughs> how to run a meeting. That sounds good. That sounds like something that would help us in our you know podcast today. And I was reading it along and I was like, oh. Oh, and it just seemed a little bit funny and I couldn't figure out what it was. I was reading along going, oh, yeah, there's some valid points here and there's some things that I can definitely learn about being part of meetings and maybe run meetings. But then there was some, seems like quite old, old school way of thinking in some parts. So I went back to the front and realised it was from the 1976 issue. So I actually wasn't even born then. So. <laughs> <laughs> um so then, then it kind of all quite made a bit of sense. Um, so, for example, you could tell the 1976 part was, it said at, in the first paragraph, which I should have picked up, you know, but um, anyway, a great many, uh, so it talks about meetings, um, a great um, many important matters should happen maybe just even in a, um, a single, with talking with a single individual, mm-hmm. or it's saying many more are resolved, like issues or things that you don't have to meet by, by a letter, memo, phone call, or a conversation between two people. So when you think about a letter and a memo, because mm. <laughs> I could imagine if I felt the need to have a chat with someone that uh, <laughs> sitting down and writing a handwritten a letter. letter, yeah. <laughs> So this is obviously – and then this is the other part that one that was quite amusing, that a meeting still performs functions that will never be taken over by telephones, teleprinters, Xerox Xerox copiers, tape recorders, television monitors or any other technical instruments – of information of revo- <laughs> um, the information revolution. Well, that's funny. Yeah. It's still important. Oh, it still makes a it point, is. doesn't it? Still because we've still we've got email now, but yep. that 
still meet there's still a reason to have a meeting yes, isn't there yes exactly so that's what i was thinking is that even though you look at the old technology mm. like we're not really using i mean obviously you still pick up a phone to have a chat with someone mm. that maybe that resolves having a meeting mm. um but just looking at tape recorders and television monitors and there was no you know talk about computers or mm. internet or you know things like adobe connect you know like this mm. you know there's none of that so um yeah but it, it does say you still need face-to-face meetings um but it's just the old school um, technology was quite uh, amusing there. Um, but anyway, um, I think what um, there's still some really valid points in this. And it even just talks about um, what sort of meetings there are and the functions of meetings. And I don't think I ever quite realised, particularly when I was running meetings in mm-hmm. my school environment years ago, that there was all those um, elements and components of a meeting. Like no. I'd never, I don't think I'd ever thought about it that mm-hmm. way. But um, there was a few things, um, you know, is the before – I think the, the, a couple of things I really took out of it is the before the meeting and even just the preparation of oh, yeah. what is this meeting intended to achieve. Mm-hmm. So that's something to kind of think about. Yeah. And I suppose even when we think about it when we're um, teaching a lesson is we actually go in with an, like a learning Yeah, intention. yeah. So just, you know, what is it intended to achieve? What consequences um, would there be for not holding it? Mm-hmm. So that's a good decision. You know, do, do I actually need mm. to have this meeting? Yep. And if we don't have it, what's, you know, what will happen if we don't have it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how shall I judge its success or failure at the end? Mm-hmm. You know, so I suppose, again, that's quite a thing. And, and again, in our teaching, how do we, you know, at, uh, a lot of our lessons now at the end, there's that or the start, there's the success criteria. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking what's actually going to happen. Um, and even it says in preparation too, to go through the agenda um, and beside each item, um, think about the function and the intention of that specific um, thing you're going to speak about, just to mm. kind of, I suppose, clarify and focus the, 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 the particular thought or task mm. that's happening. So I said I, from the article, I did, I think those, that planning before the meeting, mm. something that I really thought about. I like the way you've thought about it in a teaching sense, yeah. so using the same sort of lens that you take to your teaching yeah. onto the meeting. That makes a lot of sense because as soon as you said the stuff about the intention, that rang really true for me. The best meetings that I'm a part of are those where right up front somebody says, the reason we have met today is this and we hope to achieve this through the meeting. Yes. That always makes me feel more confident about about the meeting itself. Yes. Um, because... I know the most terrifying ones, the ones you go into, and and everybody sits down and finally someone says, right, what's what's this about again? Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm exactly. in for trouble now. No, exactly. <laughs> so I said, but just that that, that real um, explicit, this is what we need to, you know, this is what has to happen, What this is what it's for, and then hopefully by the end of it, this is, you know, what we'll see mm. happening in the future. Yeah. So right. I, I did, that was something that I did really take out of it. So, Yeah. And there's a few they, had, they did have some wisdom in the 70s after <laughs> they all. They did have some wisdom, you know. Um, as I said, it was, a, it was good just to see the differences in how things had changed, but there was definitely some um, really good things that came out of it. Yeah, brilliant. We should introduce our guest now, Kate. Yeah. Um, we've actually gone a bit interstate today, oh, haven't we? <laughs> we've got Ash with us today from Somerset College. That's a uh, school in the Gold Coast in Queensland. Um, and... You will be joining us to talk about our meetings as well. How are you going? Uh, yeah, great to be with you today. So do you want to talk, just give us a little idea about where you work and, and your history with meetings uh, as a bit of a way of introduction? Sure, sure. Um, well, currently in my role, I'm the 
Head of Department in Mathematics, uh, as you mentioned, at Somerset College here on the Gold Coast. And um, uh, I have had uh, some experience in, in several middle management type leadership roles uh, in my career as an educator. Um, so with all those roles, whether it be, you know, leading curriculum as I pass, leading, you know, uh, well-being or sort of more operational aspects within schools, meetings are inevitable. So you always have um, that running of meetings. It kind of, it kind of comes, it comes, it comes with the job, it comes with the territory. But um, just a, a couple of points that you mentioned, Kate, about um, being explicit and about the purpose, I think that was uh, a really good, a really good point. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't advocate holding a meeting for the sake of holding a meeting. Um, I've been to many meetings where we meet because it's in the calendar. Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, you know, I guess asking yourself that question, you know, what are the consequences if I don't have it? Uh, I think that's a great question to ask because um, no one will resent you for for cancelling the meeting. You don't need to have it. No. You know, um, you know I think you, you, you need to be willing to say, okay, let's 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 not hold that meeting. Um, in my experience too, I think uh, we've all been in those meetings where we come out saying, if we taught that way in class, we'd probably call it bad pedagogy, bad practice. Um, so you know, don't don't do all the talking. Is is something that um, that I always, I always think about when meetings are effective, when they run well, uh, you, you have others who are presenting and others who are offering, talking to agenda items and um, uh, sharing the workload. That's a really good point, Ashley, that don't do all the talking. Yes. And it's, it's more a point for those in charge of the meetings, I think, um, because there's actually a lot of research data around the fact that um, those in charge, you know, those with leadership roles, those with sort of a, a management title talk like significantly more than anybody else in a meeting. I remember, do you remember that day, Kate, we were sitting in the tea room here in our building and there was another group who'd hired some of the space and were using the tea room for a break from like some sort of meeting they'd had. Yeah. And they were standing around all having a chat together and one person was clearly dominating the conversation oh. and I said, I'd put money on him being the boss yep. because they were all like, he was dominating the conversation and they were all letting him. Yeah. And I thought, I bet you that's because he's the boss. Yeah. There's, there's no other reason they would allow one person to be no. so in charge of that conversation. No. And it's interesting even just that that's flowed on from their meeting, yeah. the break room, and it's still happening. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely like just that hierarchy of yeah you need to like this is what I'm going to tell mm. you and probably doing a bit of um debrief after whatever they were doing too yeah. you know yeah. yeah wow and remember we, we, we had some meetings the other day here in our own workplace and I was in charge of one of these meetings <laughs> yeah and I tried so and it, but it's, it's a temptation like yes. when when you're notionally in charge of something you, you feel like you know more than everyone else so yes. you want to be talking more it was so hard not to yep. like, I, I tried really hard not to I don't think I actually achieved it um, it, it's really, yeah, tempting just to dominate the meeting when, when people will let you. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm just – and it's hard because you've got this – you know, you've got this clear – I know in this particular meeting you're talking about, mm. you know, you had this 
clear picture of what you were after. We still wanted our input. Mm. You were trying to kind of drive us through, but it's hard balance when you're trying to uh, get things up and running in that meeting, but then also make sure that you ask everybody to have their mm. specific turn, ask people what they want. So you f- you're probably talking more than you think you are or you feel that yeah, you are. I yeah, hope so. I hope so. Um, Ash, you, so on that, how do you make sure that you hear other people's voice rather than dominating a meeting when you've got chair of the meeting? Well, um, I, um, I always make sure I have an agenda. So getting back to that, what's mm-hmm. the purpose? Um, and I have that agenda well in advance and, you know, I would you know, not advocate, you know, sending it out on the night before or sending it out on the day. Um, I keep an open agenda that's always live and online. And I actually ah, open yep. it up to, to, to anyone to be able to contribute. So anyone in my team um, can add an agenda item. Um, we'll, we'll review it and have a look at it and we could discuss it um, before the meeting. And, and, and if it is something that we can resolve with a quick conversation, you know, we'll do that and we'll take it off. But, you know, the agenda's there for everyone to contribute to. It's not that, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have control over, uh, mm. over that. So... Um, one of the things that we encourage in our department um, is getting everyone to share practice. So we often talk about what we value within the department and we talk about how much we value what goes on in the classroom and the learning that occurs in the classroom. And uh, one of the things we've introduced this year is that we said, well, if we value this, why don't we devote part of our uh, meeting, regular meeting times to, to actually sharing practice? So um, that's one way we've, we've had this year contributions from everyone in the department. Everyone has been able to either present or um, discuss a particular aspect of their, uh, their practice. Um, that's not, it's not an operational thing. And, and we do that first at the meeting. So they're the, they're the things that, that we discuss first and they're the things that we present first. So everyone, uh, often it's actually not me um, speaking at the start. Um, often it's, you know, it's someone else who would, who will, um, to the first couple of items. And then I say to everyone, look, if we don't get to sort of the operational stuff that we need to discuss about, you know, the upcoming um, details about different programs or whatever that we sort of need to attend to, then I said, I'll just, look, I'll I'll send that out via email or something like that. So the meetings become Mm -hmm. about more about us sharing what we want to, what we've we've agreed to share, we've consulted. and, And I think, you know, as a leader... You know, leadership is about, for me, it's about being sensitive to the needs of others and you can't be sensitive to the needs of others if you're the one, you know, as you, as you, as you pointed out before, you're that guy who, you're that guy or lady who, who just does all the talking. I like the way you described um, sort of trying to highlight your values mm. through a meeting agenda because any sort of textbook about leadership focuses on this idea of, articulating your values and, and living out your values and coming up with shared values and those sort of things. But it's such a hard concept to, like, it's sort of easy enough to articulate those things and 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 have those discussions, you know, in a sense. But then how you turn that into real action, I think, is harder. Yep. It's, you know, we say we, we believe in this, but how do you enact that on a daily basis? Yep. That's the really hard thing, I think. 
But that, 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 that turning it into part of your agenda is actually quite a concrete step, isn't it? To say, okay, we said we believe this, and that's why it appears on our agenda yes. first, yes. before anything else. Yep. That's, that's yep. a really good point. Yeah, and um, I did like before also. Um, yeah, how Ash said that. Um, the agenda was actually live and mm. that everyone could add to it. Yep. You know, I thought that was a really good point too, that it wasn't just the boss or the, the person that's in charge of the department that makes the agenda. Obviously, yep. they start the creation and, mm. you know, but it's nice to hear that other people can have um, can have input into that. But, um, yeah, I back um, at my school actually, a lot of the kind of the nitty-gritty stuff, um, you know, excursions, meetings, which I know teachers love to talk about, <laughs> but it does take a lot of time mm. and, and then there's always lots of debate about how things should be running. Just, yep. But, yeah, we actually um, set up our meetings too so that um, we would actually be, yeah, sharing practice or talking about learning mm. um, at the start. Yep. Um, and, we, and we were talking about the students and, um, and you know, and what their needs were rather mm. than just all that nitty-gritty stuff yeah. that has to happen. So we, over what... The, the last couple of years of me being there, we really shifted our focus away from meetings mm. to actually have a proper drive and a proper focus to yeah. walk away with, yeah. yeah. That's really good because, I mean, I'm not going to name who this person is, but I, I had a discussion once with somebody and he hasn't taught for a while, um, but he also lamenting the problems of, of what dominates the meetings, told me he remembers vividly spending a lot of time in meetings talking about school uniforms and the enforcement of school uniform policy yep. and doesn't remember ever in a staff meeting or any sort of former meeting ever yep. having a discussion about pedagogy. Yep. Um, I, th I, I think that's changed significantly. Oh, yeah. I think uh, you know, there's a bigger emphasis on that. But, yeah, in, in his career, which was, you know, over 20 years, yep. um, lots of talk about uniforms and no talk about teaching. Yes, and yes. And he, he saw that as a massive problem. Oh, huge. And um, even just with our shift too, um, I said there were still teachers, probably I'd say more the more experienced teachers were struggling with the fact that they couldn't talk about these nitty-gritty things that mm. were happening. Yep. So, I mean, obviously there was, you know, emails, which mm. generally speaking they didn't like emails. Mm -hmm. They wanted that face-to-face -face chat yep. about the nitty-gritty stuff. So, um in the end, I think Friday morning we we moved to this thing where um, from quarter past eight to eight thirty on a Friday morning, just before school started, we all sat in a circle, and that was a chance for us to share what was going on. It was it could be a thank you for doing something for me. It could be right school sports are on next week. This is what you need to all know. Productions on in three weeks. Could you please make sure that this happens? But we just gave people a forum in a different sense. It was only 15 minutes because the bell was about to go and mm. everyone needed to go in and get oh, started. Yeah. But it was kind of teachers grabbed their coffee, sat mm. down, sat in a circle. Hi, how are you? Right. And the talking piece. Yeah. And it was actually a nice way to change it so that we still had that time and people that still needed it got it. Mm. But it just moved to a different forum that had to be short and sharp and people had to kind of, you know, use that moment rather than the team meetings or the staff meetings, which was, I suppose, a nice way of the balance for those mm. people that needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kate just raised the idea of times there, Ash. How, how do you go at making sure one, you know, time isn't too long um, that people, you know, have time to attend meetings? Because, I mean, teachers are always pushed for the amount of time they have available. Yes. How do you make sure your meetings run to a, you know, reasonable time? Yeah, that's that's a, that's always the challenge, isn't it? In, in with um, schools these days, the increasing amount of uh, Compliance and expectations mm. from from all all angles. Uh, how do you find the time to to meet? I, I guess 
if I could answer that um, in, in, in an easy way by referring back to what I said about what what drives you, what do we really value, what is the purpose of um, why we're going to meet? Um, you know, often we we find the time for the things for the things we value the most. Um, at the same time, you do need to take a pragmatic approach, and I think that you know, many schools that I've worked in, you, know, you, you can work. I've, I've often said jokingly, you could work 24 hours and still not achieve everything, and still have something extra to do. So, you, so you do need to mm. yep. uh, take a pragmatic approach, and that's what it boils down to. You know, given the time that we have. What are we and, and our values? You know, what 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 what, are, what what can we achieve? And let's be realistic about that, and not sort of put ourselves under under um, a false sense of uh, expectations, or put us put ourselves under you know undue pressure because we're just um, not being realistic. So you know, we, we do need to be realistic realistic about it, and and accept that you know perhaps there isn't the time to, to achieve uh, everything that you'd like to. Um, in the time that you have. Yeah, thanks, Ash. I, I like your, um, your desire to be pragmatic there because it's one of the things that I think about a bit with meetings as well. And despite, I, I don't like to think of myself as an economic rationalist, but a, a great way to scare yourself into putting some time limits around meetings is to cost out a meeting, is to say, everybody in this room gets paid X dollars an hour. I'm about to ask everybody to hold a two-hour meeting and there are 10 of us, so it's 10 times two by the cost per hour. Gee, that number can be yeah. huge sometimes. I hadn't thought about you know, that. If, yeah, if you're calling an all-day meeting with a significant number of people, you're already talking thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, so, and once you start thinking about it like that, you've got to start thinking, are we going to get thousands of dollars of value from this meeting? Um, sometimes sometimes that check is what stops me from, from going overboard with a meeting. It's just like, or, or from drawing really tight boundaries around them, going, yep. look, it, we could talk about this all day, but to get the most value in an economic sense out of it, we yep. need to really you know, tighten it up because at some point, uh, extra time isn't going to deliver extra value. No. It's just going to deliver extra time. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. I've always thought, you know, we've at most schools there's a mm. planning day, you know, where yeah. they get a whole day, the yeah. team get a whole day to plan for the next yeah. term's worth of work. And I see total value in mm. that. It's lovely to go, right, teachers, here's mm. your time to plan out yeah. the things that you need. And it's never mm. enough time, but mm. still it's lovely we get it. Yeah. And I've always known roughly how much that costs, even though we mm -hmm. use our specialist teachers, but you still have to get relief teachers, and, yep. you know. So I've always thought about that in cost, but mm. I never just thought about it in one or two hour meeting about mm. how much money is actually being spent there. Mm. Or, you know, yeah, that's really interesting. And then there's some days that even here, we feel like we're in meetings all day. Yeah. If I'd stopped and thought about it, I'd be quite shocked, I think. Yeah. And it's, I think it's more pressing in schools because you've always got that class waiting yes. for you to oh, go back to. Yes, and there's always like there's reports. Mm. There's always there's always at schools there's always things to do. So yep. even though you might be physically there in the meeting, mm. mentally you might not be able to be as active because you go, oh, I've got like, you know, reports to write tonight and, you know, I've got that planning and I've got that get yeah, pre prepared for that meeting with the parent in the morning. So there's always things on. So I think there's the how well you can actually keep it to time yep. is always a good thing. Do you think? Do you think you've ever 
made a big mistake in running a meeting case? Do you think there's ever a time that you, you know, you're left going, oh, my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> how, did, how did I let that get so out of hand? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's just not been so much more about what had to happen in the meeting but just that, I suppose, cl- maybe clash between certain teachers that we've had certain experience mm. in trying to actually um, – but then the, the other things I've always struggled with also is keeping to the time, but then yep. also those people are like, it's 4.30, like the union says, yep. that we should only be in this meeting for an hour, mm. you know. And so trying to find that time between letting people have their discussion, yeah. have it open, but then also finishing it. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know I have stuffed up in lots of meetings that I've run before. But yeah, I think letting them run over and and become too unruly is a, a, a mistake I've made yeah, regularly yeah, too. Yeah, that's been my big thing. I think. Yeah, I've, I think I haven't kept an eye on the clock sometimes yep. while it's been going. Yep. And only later going, oh my god, it's, that's why it's dark outside. Yep. Yes. yes. <laughs> I just realised what's happened. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> and then I think also probably the point that people have got stuck on probably wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And they made a bigger deal and of what it was and what yep. it is, and and probably uh, me trying to have a front seat in the meeting and trying to run it, mm. but then also not wanting to get involved yeah. and also not wanting to try and cut people's time short because I know then people get quite upset about that too. Yep. So trying to find the right way to navigate. Thank you so much for sharing, but let's get moving to the next point. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Ash? What do you think has been uh, a mistake you've made earlier in your career? Where do I start? Uh, <laughs> I, I <think laughs> people are pretty good at letting you know when you've gone over time. You know, you, you yes. talk about the huffing and puffing in the meetings and rolling of the eyes. <laughs> I mean, or, you know, uh, you know, in some cases, people falling asleep. <laughs> That's always a sign oh. that, um, you know, uh, <laughs> short. Or if people start leaving, um, people, they let you know. They let you know when you when it, when it it's time. And I think if it, if it goes over, you know, that's that's a bit of a, um, you know, I think that's, that's getting back to sort of planning and what you were talking about, Kate, and planning and like a lesson plan and planning the meeting. Yeah. You wouldn't do that in a classroom. So, so why do we accept that practice? <laughs> In, in meeting, you know, it's, it's double standards. We talk the talk, we should walk the walk. Yep. Um, my biggest fear in meetings is that sense of compliance that people have, that you mm-hmm. end up doing all the talking because people are just sitting there going, yep, 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 yep. They just want it over. They're not being unruly and they don't want to speak up about it, so they just think if I just agree with everything you say, I can go home early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Don't ask any questions. You know, it's like someone asks a question and they get this, they get nudged in the side with the elbow, like, "What? Come on, you know, don't ask questions. It's time to go." <laughs> That's yep. my biggest fear in running in running meetings that um, that people are compliant. So I do, I do, I always encourage. You know, as I said, I encourage others to be actively talking, and I I, I like to listen too and be be the person asking the questions as well. I don't want to be the one. Responding, I like to hear the views of others. So, um, you know, I've had my fair share of, I think, you know, disastrous meetings where I've walked out and um, thought, oh, wow, that didn't that didn't go the way I wanted it, or um, what a disaster. Um, but I think, you know, with time and you know, you learn to prepare better and and um, not take things so seriously. Uh, we had a great meeting. It just reminds me, we had a really great meeting last week. You mentioned before about timelines and you know, assessments due and you've got all these things. 
reports and things that are and and you just know there are those moments when in the in the calendar it's just so overwhelming the musicals on you've got all this um, work that's coming in for assessments that need to be marked you've got all these things on and the kids are tired staff are really tired but there's a calendarized meeting um, had a great meeting last week where um, you know the, the chair of the meeting put on some cheese and wine for us and said let's just have a chat wow oh. it was just fantastic it was such a relaxed meeting there was there was a couple of points yep. to the agenda but mostly the time was given given to us to sort of catch up and meet informally you know about we, we were talk actually talking about um, uh, one of the uh, gym night coaching initiatives that we're, we're doing uh, at, at the school at the moment so it was just nice to have that relaxed atmosphere and feel that we're not um, being giving giving anything new or anything like that at that time and I think that that comes down to um, you know, the, the leaders who are running that meeting uh, being sensitive mm. to our needs and actually really, I really like that that they said they just changed the meeting up from yeah. what it was supposed to be going hey look there's lots of things going on at the moment we're all feeling it let's just take some alcohol and some nibbles <laughs> and let's just have a like a a bit more of a relaxed chat. Like, I really like that. And I think teachers would really appreciate that, yep. you know, just just that awareness that, yeah, things are, you know, really busy, we understand, mm. but we still need to meet about a couple of things. Let's just do it a bit more of a relaxed environment. I really like that. It goes back to what you'd said, Kate, around um, making it more like teaching. Mm. So if you walked into a classroom oh. and you knew all the kids were over it <laughs> and they weren't going to take in what you'd planned yep. for the day. yep, yep. Most teachers are sensitive enough to realise you can't force them to learn. Yep. So you, you would do something, you would change it up. And it's funny how often we don't take the lessons from teaching into our dealing no. with adults it's in so the workplace. Funny, yeah. Especially when we're all teachers and we all yeah. do the same job effectively yep. every day, but we still can't translate mm. that into our evenings. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I think that runs us well off that is a thing I think I do badly in meetings and used to do worse is, is the wrap-up, sort of the ending of the meeting. Yep. I said earlier, you know, oh, it's dark outside. I just realised, okay, I'm sorry, let's go. Yes. Like that's, that's typically the way I would end a meeting. Yes. And yet in any decent lesson plan, there's a significant time for reflection, review and wrap-up yep. of, of, of the lesson of the day. Yep. And when I think we see people run meetings in a really skilled way, they, they build in a wrap-up, they build in yes, a reflection. Yes, yes, And when I first started experiencing that in a meeting, I thought it was a bit of a waste of time. Yep. But there is something about it feels finished yes, now. Like yes. now I'm used to it. I feel like, oh, right, now we're done. It's almost, there's something a bit ritualistic about it. Yes. Like you don't feel like, it feels like an, a, a sudden break mm. the way I end things. But when they're ended with a formalised wrap-up sort of thing, you feel like, ah, oh, good, now it's over. I don't know, there's something there. I just there. think even just about Michael, our boss, mm -hmm. who doesn't uh, – definitely finishes off most meetings the same way. Yep. But he used to start with a bit of a, a puzzle kind of yep. thing where we'd come in, sit down, right, let's, you know, nut this puzzle out yep. from the age or Herald Sun yep. today. And it kind of just got us thinking, you know, just shift our thinking from what we were doing in mm -hmm. the moment in the office yeah. to bring us in. So like a warm-up. A bit of a warm-up, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which was yeah. good. I kind of enjoyed it. A bit of fun, a mm -hmm. bit of competitiveness. And then he's like, right, let's start, you yeah. know. And then at the end, he always does his, what, head, head, heart and feet? Yes. So you should probably explain that. Yeah, yeah. I 
think it's worthwhile. So what what what, what you're thinking, yep. how you're feeling, and what you're going to do yeah. next. Is so right? head is yeah. what you're thinking, heart is what you're feeling, feet is what you're going to yeah. do as a result of the meeting. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, at the end of it, we just want to go. Yeah. Like we're done. Yeah. You know. And we all reluctantly <laughs> do it. Don't we? <laughs> we Very all reluctantly. Do it. Yeah. We all do it, but it is important to do because then he gets that general sense of how we're feeling as yep. we're leaving too. So yeah. it probably gives him a sense of. I mean, it's not only his way of wrapping up, but it's also of, right, this is how my team are feeling yep. as they're walking out yeah. of this meeting. You know? That's true. There's something about the ritual of it that yes. makes it feel finished for us. Yes. But it's also a bit of feedback for him about the success of the meeting and using a teaching thing again. And does he then need to follow up with a particular mm. person or in the next meeting do we need to make sure that some points that came up through are a bit dicey? Does he mm-hmm. need to make sure that he goes back and you know mentions those? But yep. I quite like it. I mean, not necessarily those particular yeah. things to do, but I quite like that that start and clear start and end. Yeah. You do know why he stopped doing the quiz thing before because the we meeting? Because <laughs> we cheated one time. We knew he was going to do it. And we found yeah. So I went and got another copy of the paper and we all knew the answers. <laughs> but I, I, I quite enjoyed those, especially when you knew you were going in for like a long meeting. Like mm. It was going to be a most of the day thing. Yep. It was nice just to start off that in that way. Yeah. We should start to head back around finally, yeah. Kate, to, to looking back at our big question, which was uh, what one rule that you'd use to enforce – sorry, I worded that really poorly. What's <laughs> one rule that you'd enforce to make meetings better? I think after our discussion, yeah. I think I, I would enforce the rule that um, you start to think about meetings more like you think about your classroom. Yeah. That – you, you you try not to forget the lessons of the classroom. Yes. Um, and and use those in your meeting. That's probably cheating because that's not really one rule. That's that's <laughs> taking <laughs> five billion <laughs> rules <laughs> and imposing them on a new environment. But because I can say it in one sentence, I can pretend it's one rule, which is which is you know the the, the best the best way of cheating the best way of cheating yeah. what about you what what one rule would you enforce to try um, and make meetings better and all i think just yeah like you said a bit of like taking what you're doing well in the classroom and bring it to those meetings but yeah making just i think that explicit this is what we're doing in the meeting this is what mm-hmm. we're going to cover yep. and then we know that hopefully by the end of this meeting this is you know what how we'll feel at the end but yeah so having that 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 structure of yep. yeah, start kind of middle end, but this is exactly why we're meeting today. And, and explaining that up front. Yeah, yep. and whether it's on the board or whether yep. it's you know at the top of your agenda, actually making it clear so mm-hmm. that everyone knows exactly why you're coming. It's not just because it was scheduled on the meeting between four and five <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Because principals love to have meetings, so that's the only reason you're doing it. Yep. It's actually making it clear, right? This is exactly what we're going to get out of this meeting. But I think the intention has to change every time. I don't mm. think you can keep that. Yeah. Same. Intention for every staff meeting. No, that, I think that it would needs be important. To make yeah. sure that it was clear of this is what we're hoping to get out of this particular one. Yeah. And Ash, if you could only change one thing <laughs> and only enforce one rule for meetings, what would your uh, rule be? Yeah. You know, if I could just put, you know, distill it down to one rule in particular, and uh, that would be know the purpose of the meeting. Know why. Know why it yeah. is that you're meeting. So if someone came up to you and asked you um, why we're we meeting, know what that reason is and be able to articulate that straight yeah. away. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Ash. Thanks yeah, for thank joining you. us. Thanks for coming in all the way from Queensland to, <laughs> to talk to us today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. The Teacher Learning Network podcast is hosted by Kate Chinner and Max Grarock. 
The Teacher Learning Network is the not-for-profit teacher professional development organisation that's supported by the Australian Education Union's Victorian branch and the Independent Education Union's Victoria Tasmania branch. We produce online and face-to-face professional learning opportunities for educators in schools and early childhood services. We also publish books, magazines and apps to support the education community. To view a calendar of our courses and find out more about our resources, please visit our website at www.tln.org.au. The Teacher Learning Network is a membership-based organisation. Schools and early childhood services join the TLN to support the individual professional learning needs of their staff. Once members, all staff can participate in our professional learning at no extra charge. To find out more about joining, visit www.tln.org.au forward slash join. If your school's a member of the Teacher Learning Network, you can produce a certificate recording your engagement with this podcast. These are great pieces of evidence for your professional learning records. You can generate a certificate by visiting www.tln.org.au forward slash podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback or input about the issues we've discussed today or any other suggestions for future podcasts. Please email any feedback or suggestions through to me via max at tln.org.au. If you like this podcast, please rate or review it in your podcast app. It helps us reach more teachers. Have a great day and you'll hear from us again in a couple of weeks.